again, my name is Charles Sargent, and I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Sins of Henry County. And again, I am also the author of the book, Sins of Henry County, in which this podcast will be a prequel and a sequel to. There's a tremendous amount of information in the book that will not be covered here, and most everything that's on here is not in the book. But now I want to go back to the four murders that were illustrated in Sunday's paper. There were four victims murdered on November 7, 1974. The first one, as I said last time, was Stephen Jeff Lee. He was found murdered in his Santa Springs home. He was shot once in the eye and once behind his ear. Now, that wasn't his real name. He had changed his name, and I'm not sure of the name, but he changed the last name to Lee. And I don't know why in the world he would have bothered to change his name, considering who he was working for. Now, Jeff Lee had been arrested twice before, once for drugs and once for possession of fireworks. That's juvenile, but it was his police record. And as I said earlier, Jeff Lee was a music producer. He was operating the general recording company out of Atlanta, a music production uh, business for singers in the South. Why in the world would he go to the trouble of changing his name that he's working for Mike Phoebus? That don't make sense to me. Mike Phoebus actually owned the recording studio. Mike Phoebus was the biggest organized crime figure in the South. He was known as the Porn King. Now back in the 60s, he had taken an innocent machine that children used to drop quarters in and watch Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, or some type of uh, cartoon. Well, Mike Thevis took those same machines and developed them to have adults drop quarters in and watch 15 to 20 seconds of porn and made $100 million a year doing it. But he wanted to clean up his act and try and make everybody think all of a sudden he's an honorable citizen. So he steps down from the recording studio and lets Jeff Lee run it. And all the time, Mike Thebus is being wanted by the the federal government and everybody for his involvement in the porn industry. That's a connection to me. Mike Thebus is a mobster. He was uh, had known associates with the Gambino family. And it turns out that Stephen Jeff Lee was a lieutenant for Mike Thebus. Now, this murder case is going to be very difficult to get into because the police covered this murder up and there is absolutely no records anywhere in Atlanta. He's not listed as a cold case. He's not even listed as a murder victim. Back in 1974, the Atlanta PD did not want this case filed left laying around. I can't find anything on him. But I have been doing some investigating and I'll share with you what I know. 
Like I said, Stephen Jeff Lee had a prior record of being arrested for some drug offenses. Back in those days, everybody was getting stopped and arrested for marijuana. So I, I, I don't know if it was a small portion of marijuana or a warehouse full of marijuana. I don't know. I would think it was probably a very minor offense. And for fireworks. Oh my God, he got caught for fireworks. But anyway, while he was working for Mike Thevis in Atlanta in 1974, he was still involved in narcotics. Now in 1974, Jeff Lee had not changed his habits. He is actually he was actually involved in narcotics. And the Atlanta Police Department had information that Jeff Lee had possession of narcotics. Don't know the scale, don't know the amount or anything, but it was it was a pretty important bust that they wanted to, uh, to raid his house in Sandy Spring with the hopes of tying him to Mike Thevis and getting him off the street where they had been trying to do for years. Now, all I know is that they were to raid Jeff Lee's home, but there was a corrupt police officer at the meeting and tipped off Mike Thevis. So, so by the time the police raided Jeff Lee's home, they had already found out that he was murdered. And when they got there, there was no sign of any drugs and certainly nothing that could tie him to Mike Thevis. So that's about all I have to go on as far as a connection with Jeff Lee. He was associated with the biggest mobster in Atlanta, Georgia. He was still dealing, if not trafficking, in narcotics. And if nothing else, the fact that his murder case does not even exist in Atlanta, Georgia. He is not even known in the Atlanta, Georgia Police Department of ever having been murdered. And he's certainly not a cold case. When citizens get murdered, if they can't solve the case, they should at least leave the case filed in case something develops unless they have something to hide. So that's about all I have on Jeff Lee and Mike Thibas. Well, I've got some more information about, about how he wound up. He uh, was convicted of murder, murdering a couple of people, competitors in his business. I would like to get my hands on the police report of the investigation of Jeff Lee's murder. And if I could see the names of the police officers that worked the case, then they would be the officers that covered it up. And in my next case, I have the name of the police officers that covered up that case. And if those names were the same, I would, I would stake my life on the fact that Jeff Lee was murdered by the same people. Now, also on November the 7th, 1974, at 4.45 in the morning, 
Now keep in mind, Jeff Lee was murdered in the early midnight hours or shortly after. Because across town that same morning at 4.45, a police officer, Eugene Barge, headed out to work. A mile from his home, he was found lying in the middle of Rico Road. He had been shot with a 12-gauge shotgun in the midsection twice and three times in the head with a 38 revolver. It was reported to the AJC, Atlanta General Constitution, that a witness who wished to remain unidentified drove up to the curb on Rico Road as he was traveling in the opposite direction from which Officer Eugene Barge was traveling and he came up to the curb and saw a vehicle parked in the road blocking one lane and what appeared to be a lady in the street blocking the other lane. He said the lady really didn't look dead or injured. Now I'm just speculating here and thinking the people that set this murder up were already in place and they've got word that Eugene Barge is on his way, less than a mile away. And this other guy comes up from another direction and stops. And maybe she's thinking, oh my God, what are we going to do now? She may have moved, she may have raised up, looked around. She may have looked up to see what the other guys are going to do. But he said it looked like a setup and he got out of there. He made a U-turn and got out of there. I don't really know what took place there, but it, it had to be something obvious that he knew uh, was a setup. Now, a minute later, Barge arrived in the curve, coming from the other direction. When he got there, he, he was concerned when he saw a lady lying in the street. And as he stepped out of the vehicle, and a gunman stepped out of the trees alongside the road, with an automatic shotgun and executed Barge, first shooting him where he stood by the truck and then walking over and shooting him three times in the head with a 38 revolver. It wasn't much longer when a friend and neighbor of Eugene Barge came by and found him laying in the road dead and immediately called authorities. Within minutes of Officer Barge's murder, his fellow officers from College Park arrived. Led by their chief of police, Chief Sheets. This murder actually took place in rural Fulton County, which is the county of Atlanta. And Eugene Barge actually worked in College Park. But he but Police Chief Sheets was one of the first on the scene, along with the Atlanta PD also showing up and a reported 30 FBI agents. The fire department arrived quickly and was directed to wash the street clean of the blood out of respect for the family living nearby. Police Chief Sheets was immediately relieved of this case by the Atlanta PD. It was in their jurisdiction. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation and the FBI assisted in the investigation. 
but they assisted in documenting evidence, not necessarily footwork. But by nine o'clock, Police Commissioner Reginald Lees over the Atlanta Police Department relieved the officer from Atlanta PD and put his own man in charge, Officer Tom Townsend. The authorities had received a phone call within hours from a witness who said three men left the murder scene in a white van and they were staying in room 218 at the Atlanta Host Inn. Later in the day, they received another call from a female who reported the same thing. Three white suspects in a white van and they were staying in room 218. And I'm still scratching my head on that one. How in the world did they know that they were staying in room 218? Now I'm reading through the FBI files. It took me three years to get my hands on on the Eugene Lord murder, where the information was documented, and it struck me as being very suspicious when a witness tells the authorities they saw witnesses leaving the murder scene and had information knowing where they were staying. When the authorities checked the records at the hotel, they learned there were indeed several men staying in that room for several nights. And with the information from the front desk, they issued an all points bulletin for the three suspects in a white van. On November the 9th, which would have been a Saturday after the murder, a police officer found a white van alongside the road broken down while investigating the vehicle. One of the three men who had been in a bar playing pool down the road returned to check on the vehicle. And while the police officer was trying to help the gentleman get the vehicle towed, he received a call about an all-points bulletin about three white men in a white van. They were arrested at that time. Now, the three white men were extradited back to Atlanta for the murder of Eugene Barge. Again, I'd like you to do me a favor, and if you're interested in this podcast, interested in the outcome, and interested in seeing justice prevail, recommend this podcast to several of your friends. Like I said, five to ten, and let's get people on board and help me find justice. And I thank you again. A PSTV production.